Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I hope that you are doing okay. I really do. I think about my listeners all the time and hope that you are safe and healthy and navigating well, whatever you need to navigate. These are trying times for sure. So please go gentle on yourself with whatever you're facing. I try to use your gentle voice, not the critical one, but the gentle one that says, hey, you're doing okay. It's going to be okay. Things are going to get better. Life is worth living, those type of things, okay? So to continue with our purpose theme, this week I interview Lynn Rivers. Hold on to your seats for a riveting and winding interview with Lynn Rivers. We have a lot of fun in this one. She tells us all about how she became a hypnotherapist, a spiritual counselor, an ordained minister who helps people find and live their purpose. She did this through her own illnesses in very difficult early life, as well as near-death experiences. Eventually, she trained in the system of healing design and uses it to help other people find and live their purpose true to who they are. So I hope you enjoy it. Peace. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. So I'm going to start off by just asking about your first experience with hypnosis. You know, I I want to say that it was oddly enough during my Saturn return, um, <laughs> I was going through a pretty big challenge of really starting to release a lot of trauma from my childhood. And I had a partner leave me at the time. And I remember laying on the floor and really trying to sort through my emotions and something, I don't remember how it came in, but something about Michael Seeley. I don't know if you know who he is. So he is one of the top hypnotists in the world and he has videos on YouTube Mm -hmm. that really take you into a deep trance. And I started that at the time that I was really going through that big release because I could not find my way out of it myself. Mm -hmm. I was struggling so deeply. And, and I remember putting that on and I was out within minutes of listening to him. Wow. And I slept 10 hours. I was just out. And when I woke up, I felt okay. I was like, I can actually handle today. I can really move through my day. And I felt like I was going to be able to make it. I, I was able to get out of bed and do what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And so I literally continued using those hypnosis methods that he was sharing for the next year, every single night. Wow. Is it one of the like really long hypnosis files with uh, music behind it? You know, sometimes they have like three hour ones on YouTube or is it more like one of the shorter ones? 
he has a mixture. I think he has some long ones, but I want to say he tops out at about an hour is his typical. Okay. He has millions and millions of viewers. He's just reading through his comments is so beautiful. The people that he has helped and transformed just by doing these is phenomenal. And I am one of them. (laughs) That's fantastic. All right. So you did that for a year. And then when did you get trained in it yourself? So that was a couple of years ago when I was really searching for something to do outside of massage. And I have always been using NLP techniques throughout my life. It was just kind of one of those things that came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pause you for a moment, just for the listeners. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming, and it's a very effective technique. It it sort of falls into the realm of hypnosis. It's a, a way of using language to change. So we'll we're putting it under that umbrella. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So continue. Sorry. Okay. So no, that's totally fine. And so when I found this NLP course that I wanted to take a lot further, they also offered hypnosis. And because it changed my life so much, that was something that I just absolutely wanted to add to my tool belt. I wanted to be able to take people into a, a simple trance to to help them transform, you know, to really restructure the neurological system and get them to a place of calm when there's so much anxiety in this world. And, and so it's been two years now and it's been a game changer for my, for my career. Fantastic. Let me start that question over. Do you do mainly just hypnosis and NLP or do you do other methods of healing? I am mostly considered uh, a spiritual counselor. Okay. I started off coaching, but I took it deeper and ended up becoming an ordained minister. Oh, and really? Yes. Yeah. Like internet and ordained or like through a certain spiritual tradition? So there's actually a universal church that's online that does courses. Uh-huh. And I went through them because it was, it's completely, it's an open umbrella. And so it wasn't like a specific religion or a specific belief. It's, it encompasses everything. Fascinating. Huh? Yes. <laughs> so, so you became a spiritual counselor an ordained minister. Yes. And that is my main focus. People come to me when they are dealing with trauma and working through something really difficult in their life. Mm-hmm. It's It's been this way for a very long time. I am one of those people who will literally be sitting at a table in a restaurant and people will walk up to me <laughs> and sit at my table to talk to me. Really? And yes. And it used to bother me. Like when I was younger, it it kind of like shook me. I was like, why are these people just coming up to me uh-huh. <laughs> in public? But then I realized that it's because they can sense something that I have been through and will be able to help them. And I really embraced that. And I kind of ignored it for a short time because I was like, no, there's something else I want to do. <laughs> uh-huh. But it kept coming around. And so spiritual counseling is my main thing. And I incorporate all of these different tools into it. So hypnosis is part of all of it. Right. I I absolutely use it in every session possible. Mm, okay, got it. All right. So when they started coming up to you, when you say young, like how young? In my 20s, I mean, early 20s, uh-huh. I, 
And at that point, like, I'm not going to lie. I was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Was, what kind of mess? Know, I was really just exploring my life. I had a very traumatic first. I mean, my whole thir- first 30 years were, was really traumatic, but I was learning to discover myself without having all of my fears hold me back at 20. So I was moving state to state. I lived in 16 different cities in a like eight year period. Whoa. You have me beat. Yes. I had like, <laughs> I moved like eight times in the period of two years. Now these were college years. So some of that. Oh, exactly. Moving like home, moving back, you know, all this stuff. But yeah, that's a lot. I think you have me beat those yes. 16 cities. Wow. Okay. And so I was, you know, in the big drinking scene, going to bars. I was in bars before I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, just genuinely, I didn't know who I was, but anytime that someone would come up to me, I always had the answers for them. (laughs) It was like, okay, here's some guidance. This is what's happening. And I don't feel like it was necessarily coming from me. I think it was channeled information. Mm -hmm. So how do you conceptualize your like higher power, higher, sorry. (laughs) How do you conceptualize? (laughs) Yeah. Let me start that all over. How do you conceptualize your higher power? How do I conceptualize it? That's a good question. Yeah, because you're saying like you felt like it was channel, like it wasn't really you. But I'm imagining, you know, I have two parents. They're both passed away, but they were both ministers, ordained ministers in the Methodist church. And wow. Yeah. And so I imagine <laughs> when you're going through being ordained that there's a lot of spiritual questioning that goes on. My father was ordained when I was very small, so I didn't really have a conscious process of that. He was always just a minister in my life, even though he Mm -hmm. was a teacher for, I don't know, 10 years, professor, all kinds of stuff. But that's not who he was when I was growing up. Right. But my mother went back after he passed away, so she was in her 50s. And I was in college, she was in college, and I got to see all the different questioning and perspectives that were offered and all kinds of stuff as she went through that education. Oh, wow. That's, that's really powerful to witness that from somebody. Yeah. And I think for myself, I never had to question. I was always raised to follow my own path and find my own beliefs. Mm. And I'm super grateful for that because I started having psychic dreams and lucid dreams by the age of six years old. I can still very much remember dreams from that age. And I I can remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. You have a good memory. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just so strong. (laughs) But lucid dreaming, someone just asked me about that last week. I'm running an online insomnia group right now. And they said, can you really like set your intention to not have nightmares? And can you control your dreams? And I said, absolutely, you can. There's such a thing as lucid dreaming. Absolutely. Instead of being frozen in a dream like most people are, you can affect change in the dream and the path that it takes. So, yes. Yeah, that's an amazing skill. Did you know what you were doing at the age of six? Or was it sort of like, ah, I want to fly? And all of a sudden I fly. I, I didn't really like pay attention to it. I can just remember going into my dreams and changing the situations. I think one of the most important things about dreams to remember is if someone's having nightmares on repeat, mm-hmm. it's trying to tell them something like nightmares are actually one of the 
the most potent dreams that we can have and something that we need to really pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. um, I had actually said to the person, I said, look, I don't think that you should take away all your, you know, disturbing or bad dreams because mm-hmm. there's so much information. Exactly. So you know, if it's something that is on repeat and you want to resolve it and look at it, that's a different thing. But yes. to say, I only want good dreams. No, you're cutting off a part <laughs> yeah. of yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so growing, so going forward from that age, it, they got stronger and stronger and, my intuitive abilities were just there. It, like I said, at the, you know, I would say 14, my mom died when I was 15 years old. Okay. And I was able to communicate with her through my dreams. They were actual visitations that she would come through. And, um, beautiful. And I would be able to, she would have full on conversations with me about what was going on in my life. She (laughs) would tell me, who she liked that I was dating and who she didn't, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, she was still very much being my mom. And, um, and it got, it just got stronger. I, I remember dating somebody and I had a dream and in the dream, it showed me an address. It showed me a time and it showed me a person. And when I woke up, I knew exactly what was happening. And it turned out the address was where my partner was at the time wow. <laughs> and who it was. and. And it was her ex-partner who she had been still seeing. Ooh, and oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> oh, whoever whoever partners with you has to be careful, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> like that, that to be really that, honest. <laughs> like <laughs> well, that's like who I was at that age. You know, we attract who we who we are at that point. And I was a mess. So of course I was attracting a mess. Mm-hmm. But it it just got better. And then I started being able to like utilize it for my higher self and my goals. And I would talk to my source, my creator, you know, I, I tap into a universal consciousness and, and I've never second guessed that I've always just had this knowing that there is a higher being with me Mm -hmm. and I communicate with it through my dreams. I ask like, show me directions, give me guidance and I will receive exactly what I need to. I, can ask questions before I go to bed and receive the answer in my dream. Fascinating. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Do you teach people how to do this? You know, I've always thought that I should uh-huh. and because it just comes so naturally to me. And I had actually had a psychic talk to me and she, we weren't talking about dreams, but she's like, do you know who Edgar Casey is? I was like, of course I do. He's my, <laughs> he's my idol because him and I dream so similarly. Uh-huh. And she's like, you channel him. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> and honestly, it made so much sense to me because I know about my dreams and how intense they are. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you channel Edgar Casey. Oh <laughs> and my I was gosh. Just like, okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, he's yeah. a famous psychic, correct? He was actually a dreamer. He would literally have a line of people come to him and he would fall asleep to ask questions for them to, for, to get guidance for people. And okay. that was his job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Huh? Does that process work for you as well when you're working with someone? Like, can you ask questions about someone you're working with, a client versus just yourself? I have done it, but I don't typically do that. I, I feel like if there's guidance for me to give somebody, it comes through when I'm with them. And it's very direct. I feel like taking it into my dreams, my dreamland is kind of my personal space. Mm-hmm. And I utilize it as that. It's um, 
yeah, it's just kind of more of a personal thing for me. I haven't really tapped into that and I don't think I would. Okay, great. Yeah. So these questions that you're asking, is it, I studied so much about sleep, lucid dreaming, (laughs) how to look at your dreams, dream journaling, all kinds of stuff, right? Because I, I also specialize in insomnia too. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was like writing down questions that I wanted answers to. So are these questions you're asking in your head? Or are you writing them down? Like, what is your personal process? I had a dream journal that I used every single day for three years straight. And I would write in it before bedtime. And I would write in it the second I woke up and I'd write all my dreams down. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me stay on top of my dreams. Like it, It's like, okay, I can remember every single thing that I dreamt when I wake up, Mm -hmm. but then I really, I just like kind of stood back and, and let it take its own role. And I would just say, okay, I am at this crossroad. I don't know. So I was just in Boulder, Colorado, for example, and I kept getting this pull to come to LA Mm -hmm. and I asked, I was like, okay, I'm really in need of guidance. Will you please show me something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm tonight. And, and I would have a dream and I would be able to see like, okay, this street's not familiar to me. This building's not familiar. I'm in LA. Like this is not Colorado. uh (laughs) And so it would like project me into a future moment of being in a new space, being at the beach or who I'm meeting and where I'm meeting them. Got it. Got it. Okay. So over time you begin to get a sense of this is where I should be. Versus where I am right now. Okay. Yes, exactly. Got it. I used to keep a dream journal too, but it just, I remembered so much that it became like, it would take me forever to write it down, you know? So it's like, I know. I know. I mean, details. I know. You know, that it's like, oh, geez. Yes. Yeah. I had to learn. Yeah. You'd have like pages of writing. Pages. Exactly. (laughs) Pages and pages of writing. Eventually I gave it up because I was like, I actually have to get going in the morning, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to spend hours writing my dreams. Um, But they do absolutely give you so much information. Absolutely. Yes, they do. Yeah. So if someone is interested in doing that, I absolutely recommend it. Write them down. You'll start to um, notice so much more when you do that. Yeah. Do you know who, do you know who Robert Moss is? I think, let me take a guess. (laughs) I think, did he write the um, dream books (laughs) where you like travel in your dreams or no? Yes. He's the one that wrote all of Yeah, I got this one right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I remember starting to read his books like pretty young and just being like, oh, this is what I already do. So he was, he was kind of a, a validation for what I was experiencing Absolutely. And he's definitely someone that I recommend if you just read his books before going to bed, yeah, you tap into a completely different dimension. Like it really the way he writes it is set for you to read it right before bed, not seeing anything else after that. And it really taps you into lucid dreaming or you know, prophetic dreams or really just a different aspects of your dream life and it's really powerful. Yes. Yeah. I read some of his stuff a couple of years ago, I would say. I don't remember exactly when, but it is fascinating. It really it is. is. And I think he <laughs> still does training. He does. Yeah. Yes. And up in um Washington State, right? Yes, I think it is Washington State. Yeah. I was like, all right, I could go out there and visit my best friend, get some dream training. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all deductible. No, exactly. <laughs> um, it's business. <laughs> it's business. That's right. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I read on your bio that you've also had a near-death experience. I've had multiple. Multiple. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Could you talk some about that? I just find it fascinating. I think we're in the world of dreams right now. Of course. Anyway, so yeah. What was that like for you? Definitely. About five years ago, I had a <laughs> really challenging time. It was like a probably the five toughest years. I didn't realize that my liver was failing. And so all of my other organs started failing. Oh, And at the same time, my partner was diagnosed with colon cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I was 28 and she was 30 and we were both like on at the end and she had to go back to Oregon because I couldn't take care of her. Mm -hmm. So she went to go stay with her family and I stayed and I was really, really low. And there was one point where I was literally crawling to my kitchen to get water. And it took me about 30 minutes to get 10 feet. And I kept passing out along the way. And I didn't go to the doctor because I knew if I would go to the doctor, I was going to die. Okay. Um, the Western medical system, the way they deal with liver failure, they end up killing it a lot quicker because of the antibiotics and everything that they put in the body. Mm -hmm. So as a functional medicine nutritionist, I was like, nope, I need to do this myself if I'm going to choose to move forward. It got so bad that I was laying in my bed one day and all of my worries went out the window. I was terrified. Like, what if I die and nobody finds my dogs? Like that was my biggest fear. Mm -hmm. Um, because I am alone. My, most of my family had died by that point and I didn't have any friends. So I was just like, okay, I'm supposed to do this alone. I need to really tap into myself and to see what's coming up. And I was laying in bed and I was in so much pain, but all of a sudden everything just kind of fell away. I wasn't concerned about my dogs anymore. I knew that they would be fine. And I just became extremely peaceful. It was the most peace I have ever felt. Wow. And I just said, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to go. And I just like released, like it was the deepest release I had ever experienced in my life. I was no longer afraid of death. I was just like really happy and really peaceful and <laughs> like really ready to move on. And, and then all of a sudden I have these guides come to me. They were native American spirit guides and they show up and <laughs> they told me what I needed to do. Huh. I was just like, okay. Literally right after that happened, my eyes opened mm -hmm. and I'm back in my room mm -hmm. and I'm just like, huh, like I'm here. I had enough energy all of a sudden to get out of bed to do what they told me to do. Wow. What did they tell you to do? Yes. <laughs> Coffee enemas. Coffee enemas. Yes. I'm not. <laughs> You're not in liver So I'm failure. not going to lie to you. Okay. I was so resistant on the idea of coffee enemas. Uh-huh. I, I was so resistant to coffee enemas and my partner, she had, she had told me about them when we had first met. And I think that was my first, like, she was giving me a message uh -huh. that I just wasn't receiving because I had never heard about them before, but she started talking about them when we had met. 
then when these guides came through and they're like, this is what you really need to do. And I started researching them and I, I, you know, got into like the ancient techniques that they used to use and how, how long these have been utilized. And I was like, well, what else do I have to lose? Like, I'm either going to die this way or <laughs> if yeah. these kill me, then one way or the other. True. Yep. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll give it a, ch- I'll give it a shot. They told me to do this. So I'm going to literally after my first one, I had the most energy I've had in an entire year. And I was still in a lot of pain, but it was 10 times less. Okay. So I continued to do them daily and I did them for probably a year and a half every single day. The reason apparently that they're so powerful is because they detox the liver. And what I didn't realize is I had liver flukes and I had parasites that were taking over my liver, which is apparently something that does happen when your liver is failing, it becomes like a house, like a little house for all of these bacterias and parasites. And mm. I was passing liver flukes that were one and a half inches long. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I continued that and they stopped passing about three months and I finally like cleared it. I was gallstones and, and I ended up with pancreatitis because of my liver filling. This whole process though, really did change my life. Like it, it absolutely saved me. I came around, I lost, I had liver spots all over my face. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like really bad. Everything cleared up. I was finally back to my normal self, I would say about six months later, but I continue to still have to do them mm-hmm. because it was rebuilding my body. Mm-hmm. And I get, I started gaining weight again. Like it was great. Everything kind of just started normalizing and <laughs> Things were great. And then they kind of went back down track when I found they didn't tell me that Bonnie died. And they didn't, her family didn't tell me because they knew how sick I was. Mm. And they knew that if they were to tell me, that it would have killed me. Mm -hmm. The second that I found out that she died, my whole body just reversed and I went backwards again. Wow. I got really sick and I ended up healing, taking care of myself. And finally coming back around, I would say about two years later, this was just a couple of years ago, actually, that I moved away from San Diego and I was living in Austin. And here's another spiritual connection that came through. I woke up one day with my eyes wide open and I heard a voice say, you need to go back to New Mexico. Mm. And I was like, okay, because I trust my intuition so deeply, I didn't hesitate. I was back there within two weeks. And a week after I got there, my dad died. A week after that, I was in the hospital with a ruptured appendix. Oh my gosh. I was being stubborn because this is the first time I had been in the medical system mm-hmm. <laughs> in, since I was a child. I knew that there was something really wrong, though. I could not move. Like I was throwing up. I was on the floor. I couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this, this is an emergency. I really need to go. They're like, it's ruptured and you have peritonitis. And if you don't get the surgery, you're going to die within yeah. <laughs> like yeah. day. Right. And and I'm like, well, I want to see if my body can heal this. <laughs> really? <laughs> and yes, I was being really stubborn. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then all of a sudden I'm laying there in this hospital bed and here comes that sense of peace over me again. It was that like, well, I was terrified that I was going to die if I had the surgery. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden I had this clarity like, oh, I'm going to die if I don't. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this surgery a shot. 
And it was that moment of peace again, though, that I reached that like, oh, it's okay. I can go. Like Mm -hmm. there is this deep peace that comes with being so close to death. And it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I've read about it. They were willing me into surgery. Yeah. I've read about, I mean, I've read a lot about NDEs, near-death experiences. And I actually recommend people read those books if they're full of anxiety because it breaks anxiety down. Like I recommend it as a tool because people do come back with such a profound sense of peace and often a profound (laughs) sense of purpose for their life as well. Yes. And so as they were willing me into surgery, I was smiling and I was just like the most calm I've ever been. And I had these people around my bed and I just knew that they were angels. Like these people, the way that they were looking at me, I just knew that I was okay. Like Mm -hmm. I had this deep sense of, no, it's all, it's all okay. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't fighting anymore. And I was just there. I did have to stay in the hospital for over a week because of how far I let it get. (laughs) Um, But I had this thing come to me. I, I remember opening up a book like when I was laying in bed and the first words that I saw was rite of passage. Mm -hmm. I opened up my Instagram and literally the first post that popped up again was rite of passage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it came a third time within a two hour period. And I was like, okay, I get it. I, I chose to stay here. Uh And it was the most pivotal moment where I said, if I'm going to stay here, how am I going to move forward in this life? Why am I holding myself back? Yeah. And that was like one of the most life-changing moments for me. It's the first near-death experience. It taught me a lot. But this one was like this reminder that, Lynn, if you're going to choose to stay here, you need to step into who you are. You need to own who you are and share your gifts with the world. Mm. From that moment I did, I everything just kind of shifted in my life and took me of probably about a year to really recover from that. It months, I mean, I lost so much weight and it just took me a really long time to recover. But after I did, I was like, yeah, I'm here on purpose. I have to be here mm-hmm. or otherwise what's why be here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that when you begin more of your healing work in terms of spiritual counseling? Yes, it is. And you have a tool you call human design. Could you explain what that is? Yes, absolutely. So the human design is a system that incorporates modalities from all over the world. It's astrology, Western astrology, I Ching, the chakra systems, Kabbalah, and quantum physics. So it's all all of it wrapped into one. And Ra Uruhu is the guy who found it through a very spiritual experience. And I highly recommend people looking it up Mm -hmm. because he went through an eight day download and he was in a lot of pain because of it, just downloading this information that he was being given from literally a light that he could physically see. Like it was a light that just kept hovering over him. Mm -hmm. And, and the human design is a chart that encompasses all of these different aspects from all over the world, which is the most beautiful thing to me because I believe we all hold pieces to a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And so bringing all of these different modalities into a specific chart, it actually shows you who you are as a person and who you're supposed to show up as in this world. 
for an example, so there are different types. There's manifestors, generators, projectors, and reflectors. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it comes down to four types of human beings, but there are millions of ways for that one person to be a different aspect of for example, I'm a manifesting generator, but my chart, let's say if you're a manifesting generator, we're going to have completely different charts and open centers and we receive information differently. We speak differently and we relate differently to the world and our charts show us how we do all of that and how we can best utilize our energy to really tap into why we're here on this planet and what we're supposed to be sharing with the world. Fascinating. So it's a tool to help people discover their purpose. Yes, it's honestly one of the biggest tools to really tap into the most authentic version of who you are and how mm -hmm. you show up in the world. Okay, so it's not just like, here's your purpose, but it's also no. how you show up. Yes, in terms of living very much purpose. so. Yes. Oh, fascinating. Well, you went through, it sounds like hell and back to come to the place that you're at. Pancreatitis is super serious too, not just appendicitis in the liver. Problems. I know. I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. To really arrive at this incredible place. So health wise, how's your health now? I feel like I'm it, I need to ask, you know, yeah. like, are you with us here on this planet, Lynn? You know, or like, yes, you're sort of in between. <laughs> God, it's so funny. I was in between most of my life. And, and that last near death experience was me putting both feet on the ground and saying like, okay, I'm here. Utilize me. Like, yeah, I believe it, <laughs> you know? Um, but it did, it took me all of that time to reach this point. And my health is great. I, I have a very specific diet and I happen to like my diet. I eat paleo. Mm -hmm. It serves me so well. I, I know exactly what I need to do for my body. I, listen to it. I know when something's off. I know when I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fascinating. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of paleo and keto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a game changer and it's the only way that I can eat. I know the second I have too much fat, mm -hmm. I, I can feel it in my pancreas and I'm like, okay, I did too much. Wow. I need to back off of this. And yeah, it's perfect. It's actually a really good tool. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. So after the last NDE, you decide to join us on the planet here. <laughs> I did both feet down. <laughs> I know the feeling of like, I don't know if I want to be here. You know? Yeah. Could I please be in the beyond already? <laughs> you know? Actually, you know, that's a, a really interesting story is there were two times when in my dreams, I have been taken back to my home planet. In the dreams, they were doing a healing on me. And... I remember them working on my body. I remember asking this being, I, I could see earth in the distance. The first time it did not look well. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, basically like, let's call it colors. And it was brown and dark and it just looked ill. This being said, that's why you're on earth. You're part of this healing that's uh, happening there. Yeah. And I looked at this person, this being, and I said, does that mean that I have to go back? <laughs> <laughs> and she and she said, yes, you have to go back. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Wow. And have you read Michael Newton? No, I haven't. Oh, he's, he's like a well-known um, hypnotherapist. And he's written a couple of books, actually. He's passed away. He discovered through hypnosis and working with people what he calls like this in-between spiritual place that people go to in between lives. So 
he writes quite a bit about that. I think you'd find them fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to definitely check it out. Yeah. yeah. I think his book is more popular one is Life Between Lives. I think that's what it is. Okay. Yes. I have read that. Yeah. I just didn't recognize his name, but I know that book. Yes. So he talks about this place, you know, it sounds like you went to where they're saying they're giving you spiritual advice and saying, yeah, you got to go back there. I don't know how to explain this. I, I've always known that I was from a different planet, like that I came from a different system. Mm-hmm. And I've had that confirmation from multiple people around the world who are well-known psychics and they've all said the same place. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that resonates. Wow. And, Fascinating. and so the second time that they took me back, I was actually on the planet. I wasn't in this, sh- this spaceship that I was the first time. Uh-huh. I was actually on the planet and I could feel the other beings around me. And they were extremely androgynous. Like they, like sex was not a, a thing. They didn't have a gender. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very androgynous person. And so I was just like, this is amazing. I feel so at home. Uh-huh. And I was looking at earth again and it looked better. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, great. Does that mean that I do, do I have to go back? And they still said, yes. I was like, really? Like oh, why? Yeah. Not your time yet. <laughs> right. Not That's my time. <laughs> well, we yeah. are coming to the end of our time together. But I really wanted to just say, it sounds like you've had a fascinating life and highly intuitive and healing and all kinds of good stuff going on for you. So can you please tell people how to find you if they'd like to work with you? Absolutely. You can actually go to my website at www.lenrivers.com and that's Len with an I, L-I-N-N. And yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with me and to find out about the work that I do. Thank you. Well, that will also be in the show notes for people. And thank you so much for for the conversation today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.